Welcome to Embrace the Musica, where we're going to dig into the raw, vulnerable, tough, and beautiful pieces of this journey called life. I'm Dominique Dines, who at the age of 21 moved abroad to Mexico to start teaching after growing up in a small town in Minnesota. My husband is from Peru, and we met salsa dancing 10 years ago in Guadalajara, Mexico. Here we are today raising two lovely tricultural kids. We speak more Spanish than English in our home and do a lot of salsa dancing in the kitchen. Embrace the Musica is going to be a place where we talk about what it's like being married to someone from a completely different culture, living in a place that neither of us grew up in, being a working mom, constantly fighting or accepting cultural norms, and all the things that keep us afloat, which includes a lot of heart and humility. So let's embrace the Musica today. Welcome everybody to Embrace the Musica this week. I am so honored this week to hear from a woman that I admire so much. She's an architect, she's a social justice activist, she's a mother, she's an entrepreneur, an educator, and she's constantly helping others by teaching how to help the fight for human rights every single day. Mayra Hernandez is a friend of mine and one of those people who knows everybody. You can ask anyone in our social group and they would agree. Mayra's heart is huge and her work ethic is unmatchable as she's constantly seeking out ways to help others. So today, I've invited her to tell a little bit more of her story and how she got to where she is today. So Mayra, thank you so much for being here today. I feel so lucky to have you with us. Can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and about your family as we get started today? Thank you very much, Dominic, for the invitation to embrace the musica. Of course. Thank you for your beautiful words and for giving me also the, the opportunity to talk a little bit about my story and the reasons why I do this today. Well, I am Mayra Hernandez Figueroa. I grew up in Mexico City 37 years ago. <laughs> I was born in an amazing family with my sister, two brothers, my mother and father. Uh, I grew up in a school where they taught me that helping others and being for others is really where succeed is. Uh, since I was a kid, I saw in my family those actions. My father, for example, who passed one year ago, passed away one year ago, was a great man and he always was prepared to help the needed. For example, if there was an earthquake, he was the first one to to start recollecting food or money and take taking those those things to, to the needed. My mother was also uh, has been always a volunteer in different organizations and also my brothers and sister. So I think that they are the example of where I learned about empathy. Mm -hmm. And what brought you to Guadalajara? Well, that was almost 19 years ago. Okay. <laughs> I came to Guadalajara when I was 18. I was uh, I came here to study architecture. I lived in Mexico City when insecurity was a great deal. Uh, 
-hmm. and I know this hasn't changed a lot but I felt safer here and free also to go out and take a walk in the city so that was the reason I, I came here to Guadalajara the plan was to finish my career and then return to Mexico City but my plans changed <laughs> here I met my husband I have many friends here in Guadalajara and this city also gave my kids gave me kids that are now tapatios and mm -hmm. tapatia yeah. I, I started here to work in different firms and suddenly my life was constructed here in Guadalajara <laughs> I like that you say it was constructed here as your full-time job. You're an architect, right? Yes, I am. I am an architect. And can you tell us a little bit more about that work, maybe about your firm or also how it's been being a woman in Mexico in a field in which typically men dominate? It's a tough question. <laughs> okay, after um, after work, working several years in, in different firms, I decided almost five years ago to start my firm, Celosia uh, Arquitectura, with some incredible people. Uh, and we, we always say that we design and make true the dreams of our clients. Because I think everybody of us has always a dream house in our mind. So based in architectural design and construction, we analyze the needs of our clients and we, we try to construct their dreams to come true. So we, we had the fortune of working in, in projects like museums, libraries, schools, houses, and restaurants, and also donating our services to projects for communities that, that need it and many times don't have the opportunity to, to hire an architect and that's reality. So that's the, the Celosia Arquitectura part. And uh, how it's been being a woman in a field in which typically men dominate and it's so true. It's tough because many times here in Mexico I think construction has been seen as a job for men. Uh, I remember in a firm when I worked years ago, women were the ones that stayed, stayed in the office with your coffee and designing. And men were the ones that were in construction. And they didn't let us go to, to construction. So nowadays I think everything is changing. We women are taking these huge steps and taking spaces that years ago we were not considered to be in. And also incredible men are also changing their ways. And I think feminism and equality is transforming also our field. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you're a pioneer in this field here in Mexico and that you also, I didn't realize this, that with your own firm you also have I mean, it makes sense knowing who you are, but you've also made some of that social justice piece come into your firm as you are helping others. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, you are very involved working with social justice in other areas as well. And also just um, helping 
people fight for human rights and all of that. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that passion started for you? Um, uh, I think that having the privilege of growing in my family is the reason where my passion started. Because I grew up knowing that it was my responsibility that if I had a minimum chance of changing the life of someone, I had to make that change, no matter how small was it, for somebody else. So, uh, as I told you, uh, I was involved in many organizations, but when I learned about human trafficking and started to get more involved, I realized that many people didn't know about it. So that's where I got really involved. I started to apply to, to Parlamento de Mujeres here in Jalisco so that laws could also be transformed and not only giving information. I started knowing great people that helped me opening doors and spaces where, where could I could talk about human trafficking and where to act against it. And the first one here is God. God is the one that has been involving me and taking me to, to places and to powerful people that I've never had imagined been before. That's incredible, Maida. And just seeing how you totally saw a need and it, how it also kind of woke something up inside of you wanting to just continue to help others. And I think it's amazing, and I've told you this before, but just seeing how active you are, and you truly are an activist. I mean, you're changing laws, like, and you know, doing everything you can to educate others. In Mexico, what do you see most often as far as human trafficking and the fight for human rights? Like, are there common themes or things you're seeing as you've been working um, maybe with the laws or with the victims or just tell us a little bit about what you're seeing here in Mexico. Well, here in Mexico, one of the most uh, urgent things is that we need more shelters because we only have eight shelters in our country. So that's, that's one. I see many times that the relation between disappearance and human trafficking is not being seen. For example, if we see uh, an abducted child, we here in Mexico don't think uh, that maybe it is because of human trafficking. So that's also uh, one thing that's happening. For example, yesterday, uh, almost 70 women were rescued in Puebla from sexual exploitation. Oh, wow. And we don't know if one of those women were victims of disappearance. So, so that's one of the one of the important things that we have to start seeing. Why why are so many disappearances here in in Mexico? I see also indifference in society. Many times we prefer not to read bad news. We prefer not to talk about these things. But if we don't see reality it will be more difficult to take action. But on the other hand, the good things, I see, I see empathy in many, many, many people with this will to help each other, 
and to transform things. And that's the, the great news that, that I see every day. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine like the indifference and just the wanting to avoid maybe bad news. Um, but at the same time, I think as you're doing, it's so important to raise awareness and to help people understand not only what's happening, but also how we can help. Um, you were volunteering with another organization and now you've actually started your own. Can you tell us a little bit about the collective or the organization that you've started and what kind of work you've been doing here in our state of Jalisco and beyond? Yeah, well, the, the name of, of our organization is Back Home. And uh, this name is the dream that we always have when we have someone asking for help to find a disappeared person. Um, back home, uh, we are a team that works every day. We don't have uh, an, a certain time of the day that we work and another one don't. We have to work like 24 hours because this human trafficking disappearance don't stop. We can't take off. Uh, weekend of our of our life to to get to to take a rest because mm -hmm. this doesn't stop and so we we help uh, making reports we help the families we receive the calls uh, we try to to help these mothers and fathers that that are passing this this horrible time and we try to give them a hand in these difficult times so we help them with the reports and we give them the, the also the information because many people don't know it we give prevention we help also authorities to make programs of prevention we are making one with thief and we raise a voice for the people that are victims right now of modern slavery. That's what we do. Wow, Mayra. Now, with Back Home, with your organization, is everybody that's helping volunteering? Yes, they're, everyone is, is a volunteer. Everyone okay. that, that goes in, into a, the organization is volunteer. Wow, no, that's incredible. And also, an, just another question that came to mind as you were talking, you, you said like you're helping the mothers or the fathers or the parents um, as they're maybe waiting, you know, to hear news or to find their child. Does that mean that most of the disappearances, are they children that are disappearing typically? Mm, the majority are women women and, okay. and men the majority are men like um 20 25 27 and women the the age is from 12 to to 18 many times oh wow but the reality is that every day we receive calls from 
all the ages. Men yeah, of that makes 57, sense. women of 60. We have like everything. Wow, so that's interesting. And I guess it makes sense. No matter what age your child is, you're going to want news about your child, whether they're yeah, in their 20s as a man or in their teenage years as a woman or as a girl. Um, how can we learn more or get involved? If anybody listening is interested in helping, what are active ways that we could help? Yes, you can uh, go to our Instagram and Facebook. It is uh, at BackHomeMX. Back home uh, where we have posts with information about all these things. We have information about also the type of human trafficking here in Mexico City, in Mexico City, here in Mexico. Um, also, we have tips of how to prevent. We have uh, posts of how to report. If you want to, to make a report, how to do it. And if you don't want to do it, you can also uh, write to us and we will do it for you. And also, we need your help to share whenever we have someone that is victim of, of disappearance. Wow, no, that's great. I'll share all of that in the show notes this week so that people can find more information there. Also, Maida, just thinking, if there are people who want to learn more about this, um, maybe they have specific questions about the type of human trafficking or they want to learn more about um, activism and all of that. Do you also do education or training or presentations if somebody wanted to bring you in and talk about it? Yes, of course. We do it to, to students. We do it for parents. We do it for authorities and our our goal is to to get to many people so because if if many people know about this we're going to be a a greater team against it yeah the more people that can help the better and yeah and the awareness is such a huge part because i think as you said so often we have a tendency to kind of turn turn our eyes when something is hard or difficult or you know, like bad news, as you said. Um, I'm so inspired, Maeda, just listening to you and hearing all the things that you're doing in different areas um, here in Mexico, but also in your career, with your family, with your life. As you look at all of these things that you're involved in with your career, your family, and the big picture, what sort of dreams do you have and where do you see yourself in five years with everything you're doing? Also a tough question. <laughs> uh, I see my kids and family happy, blessed, and helping others, whatever cause they choose, but I hope they choose one. Uh, for example, my kids love helping uh, migrant people and my dream is having a shelter house for victims of human trafficking here in Jalisco because we don't have one here in, in, in Guadalajara and Jalisco we don't have any shelter so that that's my dream that I hope to to achieve in five years that's amazing Maida no and I hope that 
as a community, we can also, you know, rise up and help you with that dream too. Because I remember I first learned there was no shelter here just a year ago from Rocio Orozco, who you've also done a lot of work with. Um, in that case, like if there's no shelter here in Jalisco or in Guadalajara, what option do victims have or where can victims go after they've been rescued if there's no shelter here? They they send them to, to Casas Hogar. But, to or, orphanages? Yeah, to orphanages. But oh, wow. um, victims of human trafficking have to, to get this this help that that has to be specialized. They have to to have psychological help, psychiatric help. Uh, they have to have a home, a house. Because many times the people that exploit all these victims are their parents. So they cannot be taken back to, to their home where, where they were violated. So, so this is a reality and that's why we, this is urgent to, to take over. Yeah, wow. No, I mean, it's, it feels so heavy talking about this, but I also know it's such an important topic and something that we all need to be more aware of and more involved in. So I just thank you so much, Maida, for all the work you're doing, all the pioneer work you're doing here in Jalisco, trying to get to raise awareness and to help others um, rise up as well. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? I just want you to, to thank you, Dominic, because you are also my, my friend and you are one of those women that, that is always there for me and that is always uh, pushing me to, to do more things because when I feel supported by, by you and by other great women that are my friends, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I feel very happy. So Aww. I just want you to thank you and thank you all the ones that are listening to this podcast and invite you to mm -hmm. change whatever you want to change in this world. It's, I think it is what we're going to take when we, when we are not lo longer in this, in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, making a difference and making an impact with the time, the resources, whatever we have. And I think that's what you do so well, Maida. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and just inspiring all of us to do more and to use what we have to help others. So thank you, Maida. Hi everyone, before we finish up today, I just wanted to let you know that I am so excited that we have a new community available for you. If you are interested in getting connected to other entrepreneurs living abroad and building their business, and you want to brainstorm or ask your questions, this is the group for you. Check it out at DominicDines.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and if you were encouraged by the message, I would love to hear from you. Please subscribe, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, 
take a screenshot and post it to Instagram and tag me so that we can keep growing together. And until next time, with heart and humility, embrace la música. <laughs>